Good morning, everyone. I'm Charlie Fink. It's This Week in XR. It's May 14th. I'm here with my friend Ted Chilowitz uh, to talk about the news. And the top of this week, uh, like last week, is the epic Apple court battle uh, over the supposedly App Store monopoly. And the watchword for this week from the trial, which was extremely tedious, in my opinion, uh, having listened to several hours of it, uh, the word is interoperability. Mm. And the argument on both sides is that iOS is not the core business for Fortnite. So the argument on the Epic side, as I understand it, is interoperability, right? I use Fortnite on three different devices. Why am I cutting Apple in? And on the other hand, you have Apple saying, well, look, if you're using it on all these devices, then how, and making billions of dollars, how is our supposed monopoly power hurting you? Yeah, so it seems like the rub is percentage of user base using what platform versus actual dollars generated. And because Fortnite is such an economic power generating billions of dollars across the sector for profit for for Epic, that seems to be the rub, right? So the argument, and again, I think you're tracking it way closer than I am, Charlie. I had other things on the plate the last couple of weeks, but I'm paying enough attention to it because it's a curiosity to see where it all shakes out. but it seems like there's a real dollar discussion. And then the overlying discussion is, can Apple sort of represent that they offer something unique to their customer base, therefore they, um, they, they can, they're a private company. They can choose the rule sets that they wanna make and the, the profit dynamics. And if, if uh, Epic Games chooses not to play a role in that, they can leave and just parlay all their work on other platforms, right? Well, based on the judge's comments during the trial, observers are starting to speculate about there being kind of a split decision here. Hmm. The judge may make a distinction between when and where a player buys. So that if you buy on another platform and use on Apple, you don't have to pay on Apple. But if you buy on Apple and use on another platform, you still have to pay Apple. So there may be a split decision, which would not be great for Apple. Right, Apple mm-hmm. wants a KO and make this thing go away and not mm-hmm. hear from another thousand developers about their deals. Um, but if the judge splits the difference, Apple's ability to kind of set stringent rules that they won't negotiate will be compromised and, and it'll be hard to maintain that wall against large uh, companies like Epic. Uh, right, so why they're paying so much attention is there just a lot of stake. Interoperability, as we've been observing, is becoming a bigger, bigger thing everywhere, right? Everybody wants to access the same content on any device. And, and the people who can do that, Zoom, great example. Yeah, win, right. Interval they friction. And, and we're having Corey Grenier on from Genie as our guest uh, later in the show. And he is building an AR platform around the principle of minimal friction. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing the Apple App Store ought to be worrying about is the end of the app and 5G leading to a revolution in web-based uh, content where people don't, you know, you instantly download whatever you need, wherever you are. And this notion of downloading apps from a store that you sometimes have to pay for, you know, completely goes away as a, right. you know, an importance of the old digital age. 
Yeah, that's the interoperability play, right? The whole idea is that everybody wants things to live on just a ubiquitous platform that they can access all that information. It's still a bit of a dream, right? It, it, because the reality is if you want specific yep. things to work on your smartphone in the way that you want them to work, then you need to have you know specific API and, and a specific use well, case. And, that and again, that's part of, Apple, an app. part of Apple's argument is if Apple hadn't invested in all this technology, there would be no Fortnite. So why is Apple supposedly now not allowed to participate in the revenue from what they built? Right. So, so anyway, I'm putting my money on the split decision. Uh, I think no one will be happy, um, but uh, it's going to change things for the app stores because uh, mm. I think monopoly power uh, is going to start to recede pretty quickly now uh, that new devices, dual band 5G devices are coming out. And I think that's really going to challenge uh, the you know tremendous market power that they've had in the mobile age. Um, okay, moving on. Next story. Uh, new headsets in the air. Uh, in fact, four of them, two from HTC and two from our friends at Pico, um, yeah. all have eye tracking uh, and high resolution, wide fields of view, um, over 120 degrees. Uh, you know, we were talking about Campfire last week, uh, another new headset based on meta technology um, that also has a super wide uh, field of view. So um, it, it looks like our headsets are starting to grow up. Yeah, well, this is all part of the maturity of, you know, what we would broadly refer to as market segmentation, right? Facebook and Oculus own a certain part of that market. They're very successful at what they're doing. And the other players that have been in it for as long as, as Facebook and Oculus have been um, are looking at what's left in the marketplace. And, you know, they go typically go upstream. They go toward the enterprise stuff. They go toward the other use cases uh, and the return of, you know, out of the home VR entertainment and so forth and so on, things that are going to separate from a low cost, high quality, but low cost home use device into things that fit and are designed to drive with the graphics power of PCs and uh, that use case. So, you know, I'm good on HTC for staying in the game and finding the marketplaces where they where they exist for these kinds of headsets, because it's important to all Well, of I think, you know, it's, it's hard to see in the United States how important HTC is in Asia, for example, where you can't get a quest for love or money. So, you know, the focused and tethered PCs are very, and, and you know, of course the uh, Sony PC VRs are, are the alternatives. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, Quest, although they've yeah. taken up, sucked up all the air in the room here in North America, um, they really are uh, playing catch up elsewhere in the world. So, right. And there were some leaks around uh, the PSVR resolution game as well that looks to be considerably high. So we're getting, you know, over 2K on each eye now, um, which starts to remove that screen door effect and stuff. Charlie, you and I have been talking about for years and professing as best we can that all the people are like, it's cool, but why do I feel like I'm looking through this sea of muddy pixels? I said, that's a, a year over year problem that will get solved and is continuing to get solved by the manufacturers to the point where you will have clarity. Um, and we're starting to see that, you know, come to, free, come to reality now in the 2021 age of these headsets. Uh, speaking of new headsets, it looks like Niantic is delivering some more tools. They call it Lightship. Uh, it's an SDK software development kit for developers uh, to give them the power to geolocate content anywhere in the world. And what's more, have that content be spatially aware so right. that they're not just playing, placing content, they're placing content that knows where the light pole is. Right? They're yeah. placing content that knows 
uh, you know, where there's a corner to hide behind. So for game yeah. developers, particularly people doing location-based games, uh, AR games outside, uh, this has the potential to uh, create a tremendous uh, palette for developing new kinds of entertainment. I agree. I think this is a very significant announcement. I think it's it's because it's a little obfuscated as to what it can actually do and what its power is. Uh, it's a little underrepresented in that right now how powerful this yes. type of step forward is. They put a tremendous amount of backplane engineering into this and huge amounts of resources from the the the, the economic it's success of Pokemon Go and also Azure Reality. So they they've been on quite a buying spree of AR technology, and I think this may be the first public expression of that. Yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot of value out of this for a lot of developers, yeah. Um, well, good on our friends at uh, 60AI and Escher and of course Niantic uh, continuing with uh, the maker of Pokemon Go uh, to show people how AR uh, can be used. Let's uh, move on uh, to the next story, Spatial. Also introducing, it's a WebGL upgrade which enables web AR. That distinction is important to them, so I'm making it even though I'm not quite sure what it means. <laughs> um, but what it does mean is Spatial, which is a popular collaboration platform, uh, is going cross-platform. Again, interoperability is the word. So you know, this is Spatial without a download, Spatial on a browser. Uh, and, uh, and it really is, is quite good. Spatial is uh, also seeing uh, and although they won't give specific numbers, they are seeing a significant number of casual users, artists, and creators using Spatial as a platform for sharing their art, for making art cooperatively, um, or just for, for meeting friends and, and watching TV, because you can bring in your browser, anything you see on your browser, whether it's YouTube or Netflix or broadcast TV even, uh, you can share in a spatial room, and and of course yeah, you and I have been a big, a big oh. fan of spatial uh, in the VR and MR worlds, and you know they're finding a broader audience by allowing it to, as we talked about uh, in the you know in our interview later, the um, interoperability play, right? The um, like the more you allow more people to access the tool with lower barriers to entry, the more enjoyment they'll find from it, and use case they'll find it, and. It seems to be a pretty interesting running theme for us. You know, we we talked about Verbella last week, and we talked about Spatial, and you know, we talked about Altspace and, and Rec Room, and it's just this curiosity as who's going to be the real breakout, who's going to be the Zoom, right? Who's going to be the one that again? I continue, all, like, I continue to believe that that the Fang companies are, are going to come in and buy the winners, and by the winners, I mean mm -hmm. Spatial, Engage, and um, Verbella. Right. Um, there, there are lots of others, but those are the guys who seem to be making the most noise, attracting the largest partners and, and growing. And, and again, as, um, as I think Spatial has admitted, growing in some unexpected ways. Spatial has been very strong in pivoting and hustling around where the market is going. And I admire that about them. You know, they launched focused on see-through devices like the Magic Leap and the HoloLens and quickly realized that the game is going to be cross-platform, it's going to be mobile, it's going to be desktop, it's going to be Oculus Quest, and, and now tethered, they've added tethered headsets, so anyone can be in a spatial room and have some level of agency. And, and now you don't even need an app to do it. So um, good for spatial, lots of interesting things going on 
uh, in remote collaboration uh, right now. It's a very, very fast moving category. So that's the news this week, folks. Let's go to our guest, Corey Grenier, and his startup, Genie, G-E-E-N-E-E dot A-R, launching next week. Our guest this morning is Corey Grenier, founder and CEO of Genie, uh, a SaaS-based platform for codelessly creating AR apps that can be seen by any devices. And I gather, Corey, you're headed toward a public launch next week. We are. Yeah, it's been uh, years in the making of R&D, and uh, we're finally coming out the other end of uh, user acceptance testing. We're excited. Now, you and Ted don't know each other. No. We do not. This is our first meeting, but I am very, very curious about what you've been uh, working on in the background for, it seems like a number of years to develop a platform that is potentially the most user-friendly from what we just did in our pre-discussion, uh, user-friendly way to build into the world of augmented reality, at least today on a smartphone, and then probably uh, in the near future on uh, even more uh, powerful platforms that look like they're coming from the major uh, tech giants. That's correct. Uh, I, I began my career at, in, uh, in computers uh, with Lenovo that acquired IBM. And the reason why was the belief that connecting people uh, with technology and information was going to really accelerate humankind and, and our culture. And I think we're at the stage now, which Charlie has been really on the forefront of, is uh, spatial computing. So it's not just about the, the physical hardware, which it used to be, and making it faster. It's really um, presenting information, data, as Charlie would say, painting the world with data, um, and and also transacting on multiple surfaces, which is really exciting. So we're, we're really at day zero, uh, but what we find is the world needed a system sort of like Wix for web AR. So you know, Wix really simplified the experience of web creation. You didn't have to go through a lengthy procurement process to find that web developer, and you could publish uh, in 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 minutes and hours uh, in days, but definitely not weeks, months, or or longer than that. So that's what we've built, and it's also a similar experience I learned at Snapchat with the Snap Lens Studio, which was you can never hire enough designers um, and engineers to develop all these AR experiences. There's been a million lenses created by the community, and it right. was done by creating a a really powerful tool. And so we have that. Similarly, we have a tool for creation and sharing, but it's it's all based on web-based, which actually eliminates maybe a 60 or 90 second download for a 30 second experience. So it's actually, in, it's removing that friction. Yeah. So you basically super, go on super. a browser. Absolutely. You go Absolutely. on a browser, you build out, and then you publish to your your mobile app, your smartphone application universe, and boom, it shows up. Is that, am I stating that? Yeah, you have, the benefit of it is you have, 3.6 billion devices that are connected to a browser, and that's only going to grow. It actually grows every single every every day um, exponentially. And one of the one of the compelling things I saw during the Super Bowl was uh, Cheetos did like um, this campaign where they showed a QR code for an AR experience. It's really one of the first times where you have a call to action showing a QR code for AR, and this was Super Bowl. the The issue with that is. Well, well, I love Snapchat, it's an amazing platform, 
the average age of an NFL viewer is 55. They're probably not on yes, Snapchat. So the they don't way. have the app installed. It's a it's a missed opportunity. But with no. with WebAR, before you kind of jumped into the Snapchat thing, so maybe you could rewind. <laughs> you mentioned the Bonobo. I remember your amazing bio. I don't want to take the focus off of Jenny, <laughs> but I do think yeah. the people listening to this podcast would be amazed by your journey. And you're still a young guy. It it really isn't fair. <laughs> But I so admire you, and this story is a good one. So please, please share it. Yeah, I was I was recruited. I was born in Silicon Valley, recruited to go to China, and worked in Beijing for eight years. Uh, learned learned the language, and I was I was back in Silicon Valley, and I asked Silicon Valley Bank, uh, "What's the best hardware company you've ever seen?" And they said, "There's this startup at Stanford that's making uh, like GoPro." They they literally said GoPro for glasses. And so I showed up the next morning and I went back to China and I quit my job and came back and joined the team. And uh, we, we ended up manufacturing the product. Um, we shipped it, we'd done a crowdfunding. Tim Draper of, and his son, Adam Draper had backed it. And um, we got it on the news, uh, ABC News, Katie Cork wore it live on TV, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis wore it in a concert right before winning a, a Grammy. And then Snapchat bought the company. And uh, we ended up making Snapchat spectacles. Um, and I, I led uh, the, the initial team and I led the development of the SnapBot um, uh, vending machine that, that had AR in it as well. And so now that product is in its fourth generation and will include, if, if the reports are correct, will include um, augmented reality, uh, possibly even a display um, instead of the after effect of, of AR. So been a long time, it's been 16 years of pushing um, the envelope, not as long as you, Charlie. I didn't work at at, uh, at Disney and and AOL and, and these type of technologies um, to to that's, bring forth. That's old school, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yesterday, actually, yesterday we were on a call with um, with Cheryl, uh, also a good friend of of, of yours and connection uh, for um, Living Pop Ups. Oh yeah, they're doing amazing Cheryl work. They did great work everywhere, and uh, <laughs> they make outstanding content. It, it, was, it was in both of my AR-enabled books. We're talking about little living pop-ups and Cheryl Bear and Jamie Dixon, who's the CTO. Uh, and uh, they have a new book. I don't want to, again, take the focus off of Jeannie. <laughs> a new book based on the boxcar children. It's yes. just a fantastic idea. Uh, and it's a great way for young people. You know, it's the right kind of title to augment, right? That's a, an old-fashioned title that wants to be updated. And I just think it's a fantastic approach. I'm sure it's going to be great. She was um, part of the early Fox TV uh, team right. that started right. the Simpsons. So this is really, this kind of entertainment is really in her, her DNA. Yeah, so she'd be a great partner for you. And, uh, you know, again, these guys are, are really good at AR content, which, you know, not, as you know, not a lot, there aren't a lot of people out there uh, yet who, uh, who really you know, have uh, our, our natives, AR natives, yeah, right? We yeah. have our digital natives. These are the people using Snapchat and we need to turn them into creators with products like Lens Studio, which, uh, you know, I right. use my uh, classes and provides endless fun entertainment and could not be easier to use, except I think next semester, I, I may be using Genie. <laughs> yeah, we've actually and, uh, had a lot of inbound uh, from from universities and from uh, not just universities, but uh, trade schools, vocational schools, looking for sure. an easy tool to ramp up, get get people uh, familiarized with these type of technologies. 
So you okay. said you were piloting Genie with um, 50 large U.S. companies. Um, yeah, tell tell uh, us about that and how you found them. <laughs> Uh, it, it seems easy. I guess it was 15 years of relationship building uh, that they would, uh, that, they would <laughs> that they would take up the phone. But but we are growing so fast that we just hired a, um, an SDR, a sales development rep, to uh, to manage some of the some of that outbound. But uh, we've we built up a, a reputation slowly, uh, which is I think the best way to do it um, organically and building trust. And for for any Fortune 500 company, they got to believe in three three things the uh, the person on the other end of the phone the company and the product and if they do those three things then you're going to get a conversion um, and so yes we've been testing with um, large large enterprises so we're business to business to consumer product and we've been serving disney warner brothers scholastic books we've done things with bbc top gear um, and what's what's really exciting on the roadmap is working with educational firms, some, some which are unicorns today, uh, to reinvent e-learning and, and student outcomes, as well as the medical. So there's some really exciting mass market medical devices that still ship with paper, uh, that still try to have the tutorial be a YouTube video that hasn't been updated in a few years. And they really want to just be able to use the powers of both image recognition, object recognition, and computer vision, as well as AR, that you can just point at the device and then get um, a tutorial. So I really envision a day where um, you, next time people are in Dodger Stadium waiting uh, to get vaccinated, they just scan a code or type in a URL. Dr. Fauci is right on their dashboard talking to them, volumetrically captured, probably by one of our friends here, either at MetaStage, but using Arcturus or Tatavi, Omnivore, some one of these amazing um, uh, services. and and being able to interact. And then pretty soon it will be in a more um, real-time uh, experience than, than, a, than a passive recording as well. And so we're really trying to push on that. And you're, you're packing it with features, right? You mentioned uh, music. What, what else have you got yeah. going in there to help build these experiences? Yeah, so um, what would Jaws be? Uh, the, the film without the soundtrack. And so we, we really believe that a multi-sensory experience needs to uh, activate all the senses. And so music was incredibly important. And, and in fact, back eight years ago, when we had those GoPro for glasses, we had cloud software and integrated SoundCloud and you could overlay a music track to your video and send it to somebody. And that- And actually, I think that's a large part of the reason that uh, TikTok has been successful. Absolutely. Where well, they got the licensed music, they did the deal. Um, now Ted, the, the guy who did the deals at actually at Snapchat, it's interesting. Um, public information, just look at LinkedIn. And uh, it, it really makes a, a video that otherwise would not be as enjoyable to watch or entertaining um, into something that you can replay and share. So that's what we've done with AR and uh, is, is really exciting. There's, there's so, a lot so of- What else aside from music do you have in there? Yeah, that's well, so, and, and one of the yeah. Key. The so thinking about what AR is, it's um it's an experience, and the experience can be used for storytelling, can be used for commerce, uh, it can be used for art, and that's it. The natural extension, and when when we say create, publish, and share as easy as possible, but to share to where? So you can share it to a QR code, you can share it to. URL, you can share it to someone's inbox or on social media, but that's that's still where, where's the commerce piece? And so 
now the technologies of blockchain, of non-fungible tokens, we now have the ability for someone to create an AR experience, a, a new form of storytelling, but monetize it and be able to publish it to the um, NFT marketplaces. And so we're, we've been uh, having lots of conversations in that space. We've a lot of inbound um, from artists that particularly digital artists and some are musicians as well, and some are both, um, but we're working with Mintable and uh, Zach, the CEO of Mintable is incredible um, leader and has an incredible product for minting NFTs. He's just got big raise from Guy Osiri and uh, Mark Cuban and others apparently. Um, so we're working with him and within also uh, this month, we will have the ability to uh, publish AR, web AR directly to the NFT marketplace and people can monetize. And this, this isn't how it's presented today. It's still, you're looking at uh, GLB files, um, 3D on the screen, but it's not an augmented reality. It's not overlaid into the physical world. That's what we're gonna change. So, so listening to you talk and listening to some of your backstory and all those threads that you brought up, um, I get this sense that, and I'll, I'll refer to this as the pre-phenomenon um, equation. So you are tapping into a vein and you tapped into it pretty early that led you to that acquisition uh, with Snap as a sort of early example of this kind of layered visual world that we're gonna use devices for. And when you track pretty much to a man, to a woman, every CEO of every major tech giant, they are talking about what you're talking about in slightly different terms. They're talking about how their belief structure of this next compute platform, compute, compute platform will be this augmented digital layer tool set that we yeah. will be able to sort of break out of this flat screen world that we've been living in and that they have been profiting mightily on for X amount of generations now, call it 40 plus, 50 plus years. And they're entering into a new age they don't even quite know how to attack it or work it yet. And they expect companies like yours to come into that for to sort of show them the vision. And this is well before it becomes a phenomenon. So where people yeah. get a little nervous about augmented reality as it stands today is that there are very few cases of showing how augmented reality in any form on a smartphone can monetize. They're mostly failure exercises economically. They may be success uh, exercises creatively, but almost everything except the you know super outlier lightning in a bottle of Pokemon Go and a couple of other things that use an AR component and Snapchat filters that monetize in a different kind of way for Snap as you know they, they add users. You just end up with like a whole lot of nobody's figured out how to make any money with it yet but you are prepping for the phenomenon that all these CEOs are commenting very publicly about as the future of their compute. So is there a, a sense that you have of when this is all going to like lock in and, and happen for you and others? Well, Deloitte says uh, by 2025, that 75% of uh, people will be using AR on a, on a frequent basis. And to put that in perspective, about a quarter of the population are using AR today. So about 26%. Now I think it's gone up to maybe 29%. So you, you're I wonder at how a, many of them know it's called AR. Yeah, probably not. I've got a feeling yeah. a lot of them think it's just Snapchat or lenses. Right. Right. That, that's fair. AR, yeah. I, mean, I think it could be news. Although I, I will say this Snapchat has actually been a great promoter of AR. Absolutely. It has promoted the use of the term. So I, I exaggerate for, for the sake of humor. Um, so in four years, it's going to grow 250%. 
it's we, we only have a minute left with you. Obviously, we could talk all morning, uh, and I wish we had the time. So what do you want people to remember about Genie today? Where can they get in as an early user when you open up next week? And um, yeah, and great luck with the launch. Wow, it's really exciting. I can't wait to use it myself. Yeah, uh, well, thank you. People can go to genie.ar. And uh, I know the acronym stands for Argentina, but it, for, our, for our purpose, it's going to be a uh, worked out for you. So yeah, Genie, which is two E's, two E's uh, dot AR, and and join the waitlist, and you won't have to wait uh, very long. Um, but ultimately, there, there there's a couple things that we're solving with this platform, and that is a lot of um, particularly enterprises and companies don't know what to create. So uh, there's this there's this anxiety level, and so first you got to lower that, and so we built templates that can simplify that. We've also partnered with Albin at Sketchfab to have a 3D mar um, marketplace at your fingertips, so you don't need to go to another town. Asset store is so important. Yep, and so everything is there for you, and and so removing that and get into what their business, their core is to. It may not be AR, and that's okay. That's what the tools for. Um, it's about making that that story more compelling through visual technology, through the experience, through the interactivity to drive the business result. And what we do, what we see today is that five percent of people are clicking on the commerce link for whatever they're selling, and that's what we want to promote: is 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 get people uh, get people back to work, get get business selling again, and do it with the new tools of spatial computing where we are, where the technology is right now. Great story, great creative company. Uh, the URL is G-E-E-N-E-E dot A-R. And uh, you can sign up for the um, open beta, which starts next week. Yeah. Corey Grenier, great to see you. Um, keep us posted, and I'll look forward to meeting you in the real. Will do. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Ted. It was a pleasure. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye.